We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what's going on, Hornets fans? This is Richie, and thanks for joining us for another episode of BuzzBeat. We are the go-to Charlotte Hornets podcast for deep analysis, and you can find us on the Blue Wire Network. Just search BuzzBeat and or Blue Wire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app, and we'll come up. Also, if you're enjoying the content, we'd appreciate that five-star rating and review. Well, guys, uh, free agency is just days away, and that can only mean one thing for Charlotte. Will Kimba still be a Hornet when it's all over with? And those are some of the questions that we're going to talk about today. We do have a great guest with us today that will help us explain some of the nuances of the salary cap and share his thoughts on the Hornets roster. But first, let's check in with Brian. BG, how's everything going? Things are good. Uh, crazy time of the year, you know. Still handling some post draft stuff, and uh, as we head into a, a hectic free agency, not just in Charlotte but around the NBA. But no, this is a fun time of the year, and uh, just excited to see what happens the next couple of weeks of free agency <laughs> going into uh, summer league, which has become an event in of itself now too. So things are uh, things are good over here. Good, very good. Well. Today's guest is uh, definitely very knowledgeable about the salary cap. He is the founder of earlybirdrights.com and definitely a must-follow on Twitter. We've got Jeff Siegel on today. Jeff, thanks for joining us, and how's everything going with you? I'm doing well. I'm uh, you know swamped with the, the pre-free agency stuff and just trying to get all of my, my previews and stuff like that out there, but uh, everything is, is good. Very good. And he does have a preview for the Hornets already up on his site. And I think he's going to have one every day until free agency starts on Sunday. So let's just jump right into the Hornets current cap situation. Uh, It's not pretty, but uh, we're going to talk about it. And so the salary cap for this upcoming season is $109 million. The luxury tax, this is like the the big thing with Hornets fans, is at $132 million. Okay, so that that's that magic number that we've been talking about a lot on previous podcasts. But Jeff, can you kind of go into some detail? You can kind of get real nerdy with it about the current cap situation for the Hornets. And let's go ahead and just assume that Hernan Gomez's contract is guaranteed. By the time you're listening to this, it, it may be 
that date might have already passed, which is which is Friday. So just kind of break down the Hornets cap situation. I mean, it's not not super pretty for them. You know, they're just they've got a lot of contracts on here who are not you know for players who are not particularly good or you know earn those those kinds of contracts. You know, seventeen million for Bismack Biombo, fifty two million for for Batum over the next couple of years. 15 million for Marvin Williams is actually, you know, one of their better ones for their higher paid players. Cody Zellers, you know, almost 30 million over the next two years. Michael Kidd Gilchrist, 13. Like it's, they've got a lot of sort of these mid tier salaries. And then of course, Batum is a very high tier salary who are just, you know, fine role players, you know, but are not, you know, fantastic signings, not fantastic values at those numbers, you know, and you can have one or two of those and still be okay. But when you have, five you know it becomes a a bit of an issue for them exactly and and that's kind of what we talked about on previous episodes they're going to have to probably get off one of these contracts if they're trying to duck that that luxury tax line and so just by my calculations and if you're including the two non-guaranteed contracts and bacon's doesn't come guaranteed until august but hernan gomez comes the 28th of june which again is friday you could have already past that date. So we're looking at the roster here and we have about 11 or 12 rostered players if you're counting PJ Washington and they're about 7 below the cap space. And then Jeff, go ahead and tell it what is the qualifying offer for Frank Kaminsky? It's more than they're going to be willing to pay. It's it's somewhere in the, you know, I I believe it's like 3.1 million, but it's going to be I would imagine that they will will let him walk into unrestricted free agency, even though maybe he's you know somewhat valuable at three million based on you know how he played uh-huh. previously. But uh, it's not. I, I would not uh, expect them to pick that up. And I, I think Mitch Kupchak at one point during a, a conversation with uh, the media did say that they he was a little bit hesitant on whether they would do that. And Frank Kaminsky actually happened to be probably our best center towards the end of of the season. And he's someone that I would want to bring back on the Hornets. But, you know, just with all this money tied up with the, with these role players, as you stated, it's going to be a tough ask for Mitch Kupchak to do that. And so, Brian, let me ask you this real quick. All this, all this talk surrounds, you know, is surrounded by the talk of Kimball Walker. What do you think, Brian, is a reasonable contract that you would offer Kimba? Yeah, it's, it's sort of tough to even think about what is, what even is, like the – any sort of realistic contract that I think the Hornets could offer is one that I think is just going to be a non, it might, you know, it's a non-starter and probably a deal breaker. You know, it's something that looks closer to what, what a four year max would look like. But as, as Kemba has referenced now uh, uh, publicly, at least one time that fifth year is important to him. I don't think the team, the Hornets anticipate offering him the full super max of 221 million over no. 5 years but this is even at even at a number well below that this is clearly going to be uh you know something that 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 boat anchors the you know the, the hornets to Kemba for a long time and like you know I was messing around with some filters on on basketball reference the other day it's like when you're looking for guards that are he just turned Kemba just turned 29 you know a little over a month ago you know it'll be 30 next may you're looking at the list of guard, like high usage guards that are you know under six foot one in NBA history that have had like efficient, good seasons. That they're the list the, again. It's it's not high. Just messing around with some filters here, but uh, this is the full list of NBA players under six one, age thirty or older. 
usage rate above 25%, BPM over two. Again, pretty arbitrary, but like it's just it's happened just seven total times in NBA history. Mike Conley this season, Chris Paul a couple of years ago, Iverson uh, 05, 06, Tim Hardaway a couple times, and then Mark Price in the mid 90s. Like it's just, um, you know, you're going to be paying for the back end of this guy's prime. And so it's tough to find a number that is reasonable. If I had to say, you know, something in that five-year range that looks closer to just the normal bird right max, you know, that, that like 190 million, maybe 2 right. million, 200 million, pardon me. But even then, I mean, I, I look, I love Kemba, but like, it's just tough to think of a planet, uh, you know, what planet that guy, you're going to get any sort of positive return on your investment if you sign up to paying him $200 million or in those whereabouts. <laughs> Right. And, and just kind of break this down. So a team with room, you know, not the Hornets, could sign him to a four-year deal worth $141 million. The, his regular max, like Brian just stated, is five years, $190 million. And then if you were to get the full Supermax, which I don't think anyone's expecting, he would get five years, $221 million. Jeff, from your point of view, from an outsider, do you think that Kimba would accept something that was in that five-year 195 range, or do you think it's going to be have to eclipse that 200 million mark? I think it makes sense for him to to consider something less than the 200 million mark, somewhere in the the five for 190. Mm-hmm. You know, you might even see him be able to to get into the you know even five for 180 you know because he he really likes that fifth year because he likes being in charlotte he's he has the the legacy that he's building as a you know lifelong hornet or you know lifelong charlotte player technically he was a bobcat for a little bit (laughs) there but like lifelong charlotte basketball point guard he has you know there's the the legacy the family stuff the fact that you know like you said he can get even on the 30% max, he can get 50 more million dollars over, you know, over the, the course of that five-year contract. You would expect that if he signs a four-year deal with another team and then hits the market again at 33, that he's not going to uh-huh. make up that $50 million. Like it's going to be nearly impossible for him to do that. Uh, you know, he's, he's going, he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's going to age a little bit. You know, you would think he's probably going to age a little bit poorly. He's not all, you know, he's not the, preternatural sort of intelligent point guard like Chris Paul is he is more of a you know an athletic scoring first you know score first point guard who doesn't bring a whole lot of value defensively so you think when that guy's athleticism sort of dips and he doesn't have the size to back it up things could get really bad really quickly so you know the the five-year max at 221 million is probably not something that uh, that they're you know super interested in taking on on the other hand, if it's if he comes to you and says, "I want two hundred and ten million, or I'm out of here," like that's I mean that's hard because like he's he's the he's like the Charlotte Hornet, he's the icon for for the franchise right now, and replacing him is impossible. And you know you you sort of delay that rebuild for a, a handful of years, but you you can still sort of piece around him with some of the young guys you have. You've got, you know, they have some the, their own future draft picks all the way through. They haven't used any of those to get off a of salary. So there are, you know, you can build around a, a massive contract like that, but it does, it, it would make things, uh, you know, all the more difficult for them. Right. And I think, you know, Brian and I and, and Spencer, who's the other co-host who's not here today, have talked about the fact that he's probably not going to live up to this contract. Like he, he's aging. He's played ton, tons of games over the uh, the past several years. You know, there's just a lot of wear and tear on his body. And regardless if 
we extend that qualifying offer to Kaminsky or not. If Kemba signs anywhere near the Supermax or really anywhere near his regular max, Hornets are going to be above that tax threshold. And like you're saying, Jeff, if, if he comes to the table and says, hey, I, I want a deal that is around $200 million, if not more, do you view it as a failure on the Hornets organization if we just kind of walk, not walk away, but just offer him something that just makes him walk away? Is that viewed as a failure, even though it might start that rebuilding process a little bit earlier? I don't think so. I mean, I would, I would think that if he comes to the team and says, I want the full boat or not at all, or I want 205, 210, you know, million dollars over that five year stretch. I, it's hard to, it would be hard to fault them. That would be in a vacuum without, you know, taking in the emotion of what Kemba means to the franchise, what Kemba means to the city, what that would do to the, you know, their ticket sales over the next couple of years, all of that sort of thing, but just sort of in a basketball vacuum, that's probably the right move. I mean, mm-hmm. as much as it sucks, it, it just sort of would be the the move that you would you would want to make as a as a franchise who needs to take a step back and and try to build around PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, Malik Monk, maybe depending on you know how he sort of fares over the next couple of years on on the rest of his rookie contract. The the you know the draft picks that they they're going to have over the next few years. Obviously, if Kemba leaves, those draft picks are going to be way 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 better than than if he stays. Right. You know, you could get. If you got if you got real lucky in the next couple of years and you ended up with two top five picks or you ended up you know with Cade Cunningham in 2021 you know somebody like that all of a sudden things are great and you don't even know what Kemba Walker you know it doesn't matter what Kemba Walker's doing in Dallas or wherever he's going to be so if he wants that kind of money you know it's it's really when he gets into the 190 range where it's it becomes a a real decision point you know for them even on a from a basketball perspective because that's you know at at some point it is going to be somewhat worthwhile to bring him back for the you know just for these next couple years you're going to get plus value on that you know for sure next year if you're paying him you know 31 more than that it'd be probably like 35 million for next year Uh like he's probably worth more than that just based on what he's able to do as a as an all nba kind of guard it's really just on the back end how how much are you willing to take that pain on the back end yeah it's like it's interesting how quickly these things can flip you know new orleans brings david griffin in you know they they struck they strike gold on on the line of the lottery six percent chance they they get the number one pick and then seemingly without a ton of leverage you know David Griffin is able to uh, to 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 just get an absolute haul uh, in return for Anthony Davis from the Lakers and it's like in year zero of that rebuild they're just so far like you know now they're 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 so far ahead now they're you know there there were rumors uh, the last couple of days of them you know. Looking at looking at Al, you know, maybe signing Al Horford into cap space or whatever. I mean, these things can change so so quickly. Um, this is a little different because it would be letting, you know, obviously, it would be letting Kemba walk for nothing, which would is you know that's never the best case scenario. But it would at least you know offer the franchise, you know, it would be you know clear cut an incision point as to okay, well now you have to rebuild. You kick the can down the street as far as you possibly could. And, you know, Kemba's gone now. He's a Maverick or a Celtic or whatever. This would be tough because I'm sure Mitch Kupchak, you know, the objective was to build a team around Kemba and re-sign this guy. And, and, and so on that note, it would be uh, after a year of that, it would be maybe not a failure, but a pretty big swing and a miss. And uh, but it, but again, it would at least give the franchise. A, OK, here's the directive. You have all of your first round picks. 
you have you, you know we think PJ Washington's going to be a solid NBA player. Same with Bridges. Okay, well now here's what you build on going forward. You just wish that they had the foresight to see this day coming. You know, a year and a half ago, a year ago, and we were probably one of the earliest voices, you know, on the Hornets to say, hey, maybe we should trade Kimball Walker because. First off, he's going to have some suitors out there that would like to take him in, and they're going to have a better situation than the Hornets, and he's probably not going to live up to his contract. And Mitch Kupchak is definitely in a, in a difficult position, and to sway Kemba to come to Charlotte, it clearly is not going to be from you know the roster standpoint. It's going to be because Kemba loves it here in Charlotte, and he's going to be offered more money than he can elsewhere. Let's take a break real quick. Guys... We're terrible at taking care of our health. Whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse, guys are usually more comfortable rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, You can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. ED can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with the doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, guys, we have another announcement, another offer for you all. Blue Wire teaming up with Harry's to make sure you guys are shaving comfortably. Go to harrys.com slash blue wire to save $10 on a value trial set. This includes a five blade razor, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You get all of that just for $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with the cheap razors. It's totally worth trying Harry's. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a clean, simple design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders, they were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and, of course, overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's and claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. Let's get into the ways that the Hornets can maybe get below the tax. Does anyone, you know, Brian, Jeff, what do you think is more likely, maybe the more likely route to take? Whether it's stretching biz or do you think it's trading a specific player on the roster? 
I mean, Kemba taking, even if Kemba took the absolute supermax, which we don't think is really on the table for him, but even if he did that, they're seven and a half million into the tax. So they have some options. It's not like they are so far into the tax that they're going to have to make multiple moves to get out of it. If they trade Michael Kidd Gilchrist, if they go all the way up to, to Bismack Biombo, those kind either one of those trades makes sense for them and, and would be able to to get them back out of the tax, which seems to be a directive from ownership that they don't want to to pay the tax from a, a business point of view, which, you know, based on the market in Charlotte kind of makes makes some sense. You understand why they ne- don't necessarily want to do that for a team that's not, you know, a high-end contender or even, you know, maybe a, a, a low-end playoff contender is really where, where they're at, even if Kemba comes back. So, you know, you can understand why they would want to get out of the tax uh, Biombo and and Kid Gilchrist would be the two guys that, to really look at as guys that they could trade or even just stretch. And it wouldn't necessarily hurt them as much as uh, as if they were to get rid of like a Marvin Williams or a Cody Zeller or even Nicola Batum, who is overpaid, but is still at least a useful guy in a way that Biombo uh, in particular is not. And then Kid Gilchrist, you know, sort of is based on uh, – you know, the fact that he could play a defensive role off the bench. So, you know, stretching Biombo, I think, would be the the least interesting outcome for me. Like, that would be the, the outcome that I would be least interested in if I were Mitch Kupchak. I just don't think that that's uh, something that they uh, – a path that they should take. If they if they can get out of, of his contract later, they, they should try to do that. But – if they if they want to kick the can down the road a little bit and try to get out of the tax at the trade deadline because the tax is not calculated until mm-hmm. the end of the regular season. So if they want right. to get out of the tax at the deadline, they can wait until that time. But if they wait that long, they can't stretch Biombo anymore. You have to stretch yeah. players by September first. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to. That's a calculated risk that they're going to have to take. That if they can't get out from under the tax in February, that's it. Like they don't have other options for them to to get back out from under it. So that's you know that's sort of the the risk that they're going to have to take. They're going to try to to shop those guys around this summer, see what they can see what how hard it's going to be to get off of their contracts. They have all their own first round picks. They can trade a protected first to get out of the tax. It's not ideal. You'd really rather not, you know, part with future draft assets if the team's not going to be very good. But then on the other hand, if you have Kemba Walker, the team's not going to be that bad. So, you know, trading a, you know, a protected first is not the end of the world, particularly if you're not in danger of giving up a top five pick, you know, if it's, you know, top 10 protected for a while. And then it goes into two second round picks. That's, you know, that, that kind of value is not the end of the world for, for getting out of the tax. So, you know, we'll see where they end up going. I would, I would encourage them of course, to, you know, uh, try to canvas the league and try to find a home for, for as many of these guys as they can, or, you know, at least one of them in particular, just to, just to get out of the tax. And then of course, if Kemba leaves, then they don't need to do any of that. And they're, they're going to be fine from, from a tax point of view. Right. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, the the boring way to go, and I think the one that has probably the least strings attached, I get at least this season, is stretching Biz. And you know, Biz has that seventeen million dollar uh, contract, and if you stretch that, it goes over three seasons. So, in the long run, you're adding money on to the next two seasons, but you're saving about eleven million dollars this year. So, and Jeff, you brought up a good point in the sense that. We don't need to go too far. Like we're not going to be that far over the tax. But if the Hornets are also trying to add another player, maybe it's a third point guard. You probably do need to get a little bit farther 
under that tax line, depending on what other roster moves they're trying to do uh, during free agency. So yeah, I think biz is an option, especially if those those trade options or those trade partners are asking too much. Like if you're if you're trying to attach a first round pick to Marvin or or two seconds to Marvin, that's where you kind of have to decide: Do I want to give up future assets, or do I just want to add on? You know, the, the the five or six million it does for every single year for the next three years for business contract. And lastly, last thing I'll bring up, and I'll let you jump in, Brian, in terms of what mm. your preference may be. So at the deadline, like Jeff mentioned, we we can get off money, you know, in February. But my thing is, not only will the leverage not be in our hands, it's going to be more difficult to trade a player into room because the teams that have room now might not have room in February. So it's not one of those things where we could just trade Marvin and get salary back. That's not helping our cause here. So I think the, the one that has the least strings attached this season is definitely Biz. But again, he adds on that salary for the next two years. So, Brian, do you have a preference or maybe the way that you see that the Hornets are going to go trading or stretching biz? God, I mean, like the it, I'm all of these scenarios, like they're all bad, right? Like none of these are none of these are like ideal. Um, I mean, the stretch is is really just a, a real, real short term. Uh, it's not even a fix, but just short, really short term relief. Uh-huh. And I'll say this too: like if they, I mean, heck, man, if they if they lose Kaminsky in free agency, and if you know, let's say Marvin ends up being the guy they they trade out to get underneath the tax, like what does the front court even look like? I mean, those were like you know two of their best centers last season. And I don't even know how much how many minutes Marvin can even absorb at the five this year, seeing as this is you know we're going on year fifteen or whatever with him in the NBA and. Cody Zeller can't stay healthy either, you know, especially the last three seasons. It's been really rough. So I don't know. None of these are good. None of these are really good ways forward. I'd love to see if you could figure out a way to to obviously move uh, Batum or MKG. But um, I, you know, what the the thought of the assets you'll have to put on as sweetener uh-huh. for that are just like you know, it makes your head spin. If you could find a way to protect the first round pick out long enough, that's fine. But obviously, this team at some point is going to have to rebuild. You know, even if they do resign to Kemba for for a full five years here and, and to not have you know picks is uh is going to be tough looking at some of those teams that do have cap space i mean right now you've got atlanta at about 13 and a half million but some of these other teams are teams like the pelicans with about 30 the knicks with about close to 71 like you know these teams are trying to sign players you know the knicks want to want to use that space to sign max players too right, right. sacramento's got a lot of cap space but i'm sure they're going to be trying to you know, maybe they'll be trying to bring people in or, or, or perhaps they're trying to function as a, a salary dumping ground either. You know, I'd like to see them get under the tax before the season started. I, you know, I don't like the risk of them going into the year above the, above the tax. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see to find a way if you could, if you could so like survey the market and see if there's a deal out there to get off one of these guys. Cause, cause if you, if you end up stretching biz or, or MKG, you're just pushing the ball further down the street. So I, I, I they're good at that though. Yeah, they are. I mean, like the that's the sort of like the you know that's sort of like the crux of the issue. This is you know eventually they're going to have to pay the piper when it came to Kemba, and uh, it's happening right now. Let's talk about real quickly, kind of to wrap this episode up. Let's say we get off of Biz or we get off of MKG, we get off of Marvin, we, we sign Kemba, and who knows? Maybe we add Kaminsky. I'm not sure, but 
Jeff, what are some options and ways that Hornets can add players this offseason? Maybe I guess what I'm asking is, can you explain how much the mid-level exception is worth and also the, the biannual as well? So the mid-level exception for, is for, for teams that are over the ta- are over the cap, but less than $6 million over the tax. And for the Charlotte Hornets' point of view, it's the, the taxes might as well be the, the hard cap for them because you know they're not really interested in taking on money past that. So basically, if they can get under the tax by more than $9.5 million, then they can use the mid-level exception for up to $9.25 million is the projected number right now. And they can split that, right? Like it doesn't have to be the full... Yeah, they can split that amongst as many players as they want. They can sign, you know, four, five, six players if they want to. I mean, you know, that's that's rare, but usually you can see teams with the mid-level sign one or two bigger names and then use the rest of it on their uh, their second-round picks and undrafted free agents. That's a way that they can use to give um, Jalen McDaniel's and Cody Martin a little bit of extra money that they can. They that's can what they did with. The- Pardon me. That's what they did with Devontae Graham last season, too. Yes, that's absolutely. how they were able to get him a three-year contract and get his bird rights, too. Right. So if you because if you just use the minimum, you can only go for two years. But like they did with Graham last year, they can give him up to three years. Though they can do that again with McDaniel's and Martin if they have the extra the room under the uh, under the um, the tax to give to use that mid level. It just depends on where they sort of end up and what kind of trades that they can make to or stretches they can make to to get back into the tax. Depending on obviously where where Kemba comes in. If Kemba doesn't come in at all, then they've got. 30 million dollars under the tax and they've got no issues and then what about the biannual is that also available for for charlotte the biannual would be available if the if the mid-level is available then the biannual will be as well it's this, it's it they, those run hand in hand that's only 3.6 million it can only go up for two years so it's not as flexible and then if you use any part of it in, in 2019-20 then it's unavailable for the next year so right. that's literally the name biannual it's available basically every other year but if they don't use it this year then it is available next year so we'll see whether they want to to go that route if if Kemba leaves and they've got 30 million dollars under the tax then they can use both exceptions to their full full degree because they really won't be much of a cap space team even though they've got so much room under the tax unless again they want to to make a stretch or make a trade uh like we've talked about here so those those are sort of the options they have and the BAE would be available to them uh in, under that circumstance you know, it's worth noting the, the BAE has been at times a valuable tool. You know, it's something the Hornets used in 2015 with Jeremy Lin, um, who, who came in and proved to be a pretty solid backup point guard. That's really the you know last time that, that Kemba had a reliable backup, unless you want to sort of count Tony Parker this season, too. And uh, this is also something the, the Bucks used with, uh, with Brooke Lopez this year, and, and that turned out that worked out pretty well, too. So, you know, there are ways you can you can find value on some of these exceptions. It just doesn't seem like they're going to you know, proved to be that much used to the the Hornets this summer. Uh, obviously, the, the big thing will be Kemba, and that's the leverage point. And then, you know, depending yes or no, they'll have to go from there. Well, thanks, guys, for, for tuning in to another episode. We definitely wanted to thank Jeff Siegel for taking time out of his busy schedule. Before you go, let the listeners know uh, your Twitter handle and then also maybe maybe anything that you're working on at Early Bird Rights. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at JG Siegel. You can follow Early Bird Rights at Early Bird Rights on Twitter as well if you're interested in that. Earlybirdrights.com. I've got salary cap sheets for all 30 teams updated within sometimes within seconds, sometimes within a couple minutes of, of trades, signings, 
uh, qualifying offers, every every sort of transaction that uh, that can take place for a team. I, I update the the cap sheets within a few minutes of of those things uh, being reported publicly, and and this is sort of that time of the year as as the qualifying offers are rolling in and the option decisions are rolling in, and and then of course we're, as we get into free agency and and signings start to happen, early bird rights is your home for up, staying up to date with everybody's uh, salary cap space, what kind of teams still have space, what kind of teams have used some of their exceptions, trades that are being made, all that stuff. And then I write uh, write articles as well. Um, off-season previews are still rolling along. I've got most of them done, and the last few will come out over the last few days of June. Uh, free agency rankings, anything uh, related to to the salary cap is also uh, posted up over there. So, you can uh, you can find a lot of stuff over at Early Bird Rights, and then if you're interested in other stuff, I write about the Hawks for Peachtree Hoops, the Portland Trailblazers for Blazers Edge, uh, regular you know just overall overall NBA stuff for Dime Magazine, Forbes.com, and the Basketball Writers. So just follow me on Twitter; that's where everything is uh, is posted. Je- Je- also, I'll just say Jeff Speed updating this site like after trades happen and stuff like that is is it's hilariously quick this is a yeah. this is a tremendous resource i assume a lot of people listening to this you know also use early bird rights but th- this really is a great great site that is that's well designed it has lots of good information and it's just as opposed to any of these other sites that are doing similar things i think it's sort of like the, the most user-friendly and easiest on your computer too so i think there's some uh, technology benefits to it as well so just wanted, just wanted to throw that in there it's a great resource It is. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, We will see you guys next time. Go Hornets. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.